Holy Spirit, we, we pray that you would come now, Lord, and begin to open our hearts and minds to the amazing mystery of, of what you did, Lord Jesus, when you came to be baptized and how your baptism, Lord, that water of baptism flows down to the present age and all of us who have been plunged beneath those waters share in what you did on that day when you came to Jordan. Lord, I pray that you would open now our hearts to receive good news from the word of God. Grant me the ability to speak clearly and under the power of the Holy Spirit as the preacher of God's word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today is the feast of the baptism of the Lord Jesus. This is the Sunday we celebrate Jesus coming to Jordan to be baptized by John. And it's probably one of the most overlooked Christian holidays, even though we celebrate it every year. We celebrate it every year, but it is overlooked, maybe because it lives in the shadow of its big brother, Epiphany. Epiphany just sucks all the air out of the calendar room where these holidays live. I mean, we have carols for Epiphany that everybody knows, like We Three Kings. Everybody knows that. It goes on forever and ever. If you started singing it back on Epiphany, you're probably still in the verses right now. It just goes on and on and on. But there aren't any or there aren't any beloved baptism of the Lord carols. We just don't have anything like that. Yet this day, this holiday, is actually linked to the Feast of the Epiphany because they both, these celebrations are both celebrations about God's self-revelation, making himself known in the person of Jesus Christ. So on Epiphany, we celebrate that God and uh, God the Son is manifested, that he is revealed, he's made known to the Gentiles who are represented by those three wise men bearing gifts. God reveals himself, that's a theophany. When God reveals himself, we call that a theophany. And that theme of theophany, God's self-revelation, is amplified. It's taken up a notch here in the baptism of Jesus. How can I say that? Well, it's because the fullness of the Holy Trinity is manifest. It's revealed right here before our eyes in this scripture. God the Son is baptized. God the Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like a dove. And God the Father speaks from heaven. The heavens were opened and God speaks. And that's why in the Eastern Church, the feast of the baptism of the Lord is actually called the Theophany Feast. And while we can listen, while we can delight in and glorify God for his self-revelation, we certainly can do that, and we should do that, there is more to this celebration than mere theological reflection. There are deep truths that flow from the baptism of Jesus and apply directly to the baptism of David Samuel Aldheiser this morning and to all of the baptized. The entire baptized community participates in what happens here this morning. So let's take a look at those baptismal truths in Scripture that we're celebrating today about the baptism of the Lord Jesus and the baptism of David Samuel. And here's the first one. In, ba in his baptism, listen, in his baptism, Jesus Christ renews and hallows. That is, he makes holy. Jesus Christ renews and makes holy his creation. The account of creation, as you will recall, begins with the Holy Spirit doing what? Hovering over the face of the waters, Genesis 1-2. 
the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the same way, we see that creation imagery reflected in the accounts of Jesus' baptism. Once again, the Holy Spirit hovers over the waters in the form of a dove. Once again, God speaks as he did on the day of creation. But this time, Jesus Christ, this time, Jesus Christ, the incarnate, that's right, I say incarnate. Other people say incarnate, I think. I'm sorry, I, I, I say it like we say it in Richmond County. The incarnate Son of God, the incarnate Word of God, enters the waters, listen, Jesus enters the waters in this new moment of creation to renew creation and make it holy. Jesus enters the waters to renew creation and make it holy. As I have said before, when Jesus was baptized, it wasn't so much that Jesus got wet, but the water got jesus It's not so much that Jesus got wet, but the water got jesus and that is a recurring theme among early Christian teachers like St. Maximus of Turin. I know you were reading him just this week probably. St. Maximus of Turin writes, Someone might ask, Why would a holy man, Jesus, desire baptism? Listen to the answer. Christ is baptized not to be made holy by the water, but to make the water holy. And by his cleansing to purify the waters which he touched. St. Gregory of Nazianzus takes up the same theme. As man, he was baptized, but he absolved sins as God. He needed no purifying rite for himself. His purpose, his purpose was to hallow water. So do you see what that means? It means that that in Christ's baptism, God has reclaimed, taken possession of again, his fallen rebellious creation. Even though, as it says in Romans 8, 19 through 22, creation is groaning to be set free from decay and death and to be fully renewed, creation is not evil because God has renewed and reclaimed it in the baptism of Christ and God still calls his creation good. His creation is good. Creation could not heal itself or free itself from the corruption caused by our rebellion. God had to act. God, the, the old creation couldn't free itself, couldn't make itself right, couldn't set itself free from corruption that we caused. God had to act sovereignly, independently. hope this, these words are sinking in. By grace, God had to take the initiative, and that's what he did when he came to be baptized. God took the initiative. Creation wasn't fixing itself. And because Jesus entered into the waters of the Jordan at his baptism, he has renewed and magnified. This is so important. Jesus has renewed and magnified God's creation purpose that the natural world would have the ability to transmit God's grace into our lives. Jesus' baptism made plain water capable, because Jesus was baptized, he has made plain water capable of being a means of grace. That is his sovereign act. It is a means of transmitting the life and power of God into our lives. 
when the sacrament is received rightly by faith and with repentance. In his baptism, Jesus also does this. He fully identifies with sinful humanity. In his baptism, Jesus Christ fully identified with sinful humanity. In Luke 3, verse 3, it says that John went out into the region, all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming, listen, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So who has come to John for baptism for the remission of sins? Who could this possibly be? Sinners. That's who come. Just a whole roiling mass of horrible people like me and you. That's who came to be baptized. But listen to what Isaiah 53 foretold. Do you remember that? It foretold that the suffering servant, the Messiah, would be numbered among the transgressors. He would be, this is Isaiah 53, verse 2, 12, excuse me. He would be numbered among the transgressors. And Luke 3, 21, it says, Now when all the people, all those sinful people were baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized. So Jesus is fully identifying with our lot, with where we are. He's taking on a role so that he will be able to be the agent, God's agent of redemption in the world. In the, in the Gospel of John, the story of the baptism of Jesus is told from the perspective of John the baptizer. In John chapter 1, verse 21, it says, the next, uh, the next day, John the Baptist, John, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So in his baptism, Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, fully identified with sinful humanity so that he would take away, may be able to take away the sin of humanity. And that's exactly what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ fully identifies and takes upon himself in that moment on the cross, most specifically, the sin of the world. By identifying with his fallen creation, God in Christ demonstrated incredible humility and self-emptying love. That's what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. He emptied himself. He emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. This is self-emptying love. But these things are not just limited to the past actions of Jesus in his earthly ministry. No, not for us. They are Rather, they are living realities for all of us who have gone down into the waters of baptism with Jesus. These truths uh, apply directly to every one of us in this room who have been baptized with water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and they are about to apply directly to David Samuel Aldheiser today. You see, just as Jesus did to creation when he was baptized, in our baptism, Jesus, listen, he renews, he makes us a new creation, and he hallows us. In his baptism, he renewed creation and hallowed it. 
In our baptism, Jesus makes us new creatures and hallows us. We call, this, we call baptism the sacrament of the new birth. That means that when we receive the sacrament rightly and worthily with faith and repentance, God makes us new. And again, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Good memory verses in that chapter, by the way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Please listen. God works in our baptism not because of us. God works in our baptism not because we are, please listen, not because we are able, but because Christ has acted on our behalf to save us. Baptism reminds us that we can't fix ourselves. Remember, creation couldn't fix itself. We can't fix ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We cannot make ourselves new. God alone has the power to do that by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, full stop. We all come to baptism with it. Listen, every one of us comes to baptism with the exact same ability to save ourselves as David does this morning, which is none. He has no ability in himself. And neither do we. And it is especially poignant and proper that we baptize baby David today because David has an almost unique set of birth defects. While David keeps doing normal baby stuff, like living, that the experts said he shouldn't be able to do, he will more than likely never have the full set of abilities that we would all want our children to have. In other words, brothers and sisters... David shows us that we all need to be new creations. David needs to be made a new creation. Jesus began the new creation when he was, was plunged into the waters of the old creation. And as we baptize David, God's whole church sees how much we need that new creation to finally come to completion. David's mom, Rachel said that beautifully, and I hope you read this, it was sent out a couple of times, but she said that beautifully when she wrote, not only is creation groaning for our Lord to reappear in glory, but my son desperately needs the renewal and reordering that Christ the King, triumphant on his throne, will provide. The little broken body of my son points to both the, both the Christ child and Christ the King in ways my healthy children never have. As the song says, when Mary looked upon her little baby, she saw the face of God. I, too, see the face of God in my son. God's reflection and fingerprints are all over my boy, from his eyes to his cleft, reminding me of the deeper magic hidden by Christ within his frail flesh. David, Samuel, your new creation begins today. I don't know what that means exactly for you, David Samuel. But I have, with my own eyes, seen God bring about new creation promises in the bodies of other broken children who have been brought to the waters of baptism. I've seen it. I witnessed it. David, you are for the glory of God. Others will worship God because of you. Because like the glow of dawn, on the horizon, 
is the promise of the coming day, the early light of God's promised new creation will shine through you. In our baptism, Jesus renews us and makes us holy. Just as when he was plunged into the waters of creation, he made creation new and holy. David needs to be made holy, set apart and precious to God, not common, not unclean, not unwanted, but rather God's beloved son with whom he is well pleased. It's amazing um, <laughs> that the psalm for this day which will ultimately all be saying the same thing. That was uh, not James. That was our, our, uh, our fault on the projection. But David is mentioned as God's beloved in that psalm. And it's God's promises to David in that psalm this morning. David's very name means beloved. And how fitting that he is baptized on the day, how fitting and proper it is that he is baptized on the day when God gave his own son that name at his baptism, you are my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. You are my son, my David, with whom I am well pleased. That same voice speaks to you today, David. In his baptism, Jesus fully identified with us. And in our baptism, we are fully identified with Jesus. We put him on like a garment. Just as he put on our flesh, listen, just as Jesus put on our flesh when the Holy Spirit overshadowed the womb of the Blessed Virgin, we put on Christ through the Holy Spirit when he overshadows the font, the womb of baptism. Galatians 3.27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So David, what, what God sees when he looks at you, when you are baptized, what God sees is Jesus. And just as a broken jar leaks its contents, David, your baptism means that your broken places are where we will see Jesus leaking out of you into the world. Jesus' public ministry as the anointed one, as Messiah of God, began at his baptism. At our baptisms, we are publicly marked as being in Christ and united to his ongoing ministry in the world through his church. So David, as we baptize you, God commissions you, God commissions you just as he commissioned Jesus for ministry. And as your pastor and as your church family, we look forward to seeing you realize that calling and commission as you begin your baptized life among us at Christ Church. And by the way, there's, not a, there's no age limit. You start that right away. And we look forward to seeing you do that. Thank God. Thank God that Jesus did what we could not do for us. When we came to him in faith and repentance, he saved us, he made us holy, he renewed us, made us new creations. He clothed us with himself. And that is what is going to happen to you this morning, David. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen.